from DynastyLeagueFootball.com and the DLF family of podcasts, this is the Super Flex Super Show. Your main source for strategy, speculation, player values, and all things Super Flex. With innovative strategies like QBX and the Super Flex Flywheel, exercises like Tinder Flex, Super Six, You're Nuts, and next week this week, the Super Show's super friends never lack the content you need to help you draft and manage your roster in the fastest growing fantasy football format, Superflex, on the Superflex Super Show. Enjoy your DLF podcast and stay sexy and super flexy. outhouse and i have a trading problem i am rocky petrella and i also have a trading problem and i'm scott sidlow and i'm a dynasty junkie with a trading problem (laughs) i see what you did there yeah hey hey, (laughs) everybody and welcome to session 238 of the trade addicts podcast a member of the dlf family of podcasts also a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network, the DAP Network, if you will. And Scott, you are part of this. You get your Come hands on, up Scott. there. And finally, we just did. Oh, it was a week. I, we can say that out loud. A, a week happened. It's over. It did, in fact, exist. It did. I'm glad <laughs> it's over. I think the oh, it was a weird week of football, and then all of a sudden, everyone got hurt. Like, I think we actually even made it through the morning games just fine. And then the afternoon happened. And then the <laughs> night happened. And then Monday night happened. And then it was just like, huh, you thought you were okay, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> but yeah, we'll get to that in a second. Well, actually, no, because, I mean, I guess, you know, you're not, you're part of the network, Scott. You're not. Has, has Scott ever done the interview? In all the times I've been on here, I've always hosted, so I've never actually done it. Oh, well, then screw that. We're going to do this. Scott, why don't you tell everyone who you are, what you do, and where they can find what you do? (laughs) All right. Awesome. Well, I'm Scott Sidlow, at Scott underscore Sidlow on Twitter. Uh, I am obviously the creative one of the group. And you can find me, Dynasty Junkies, Thursday nights, live, uh, part of the DAP Network, of course. So that's Rocky and myself. And... uh, you know, we have a few other people in there too, but they're not here, so we're not going to mention them. And uh, that means we don't really like them, so it's fine. That's that's right. That's <laughs> all. So you know, you know how we roll. So I just need to point out what I, the dots I just put together in my head. 
Scott just said he never did the interview because every time he's been on the show, he's hosted, which means I asked Scott to host this show, never having heard him podcast. Before. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> Businessman. <Yeah. laughs> hey, we're still here. We're all still here. I. I just I have the sense in people. I could feel it. You're, you're just you're yeah. You're a consummate pro, Russ. You just Thanks. pull them off the street and make them work. No. All right. <laughs> That's, right. God, how That's how I got here. <laughs> uh, how long have you been playing fantasy football? Um, uh, seventeen years. Wow, that was exactly years since my how first playing dynasty football. for. Uh, 2014 so eight eight years did you start up or rookie draft in 14 uh it was an auction startup oh. it was an auction startup yep yep and i took uh i had Ro- rogers um julio jones antonio brown were my main three guys that i built around uh and then adding in obj and gronk in the next year and i won three of the first four championships Okay, Good times. jerk. Good All right, well, in in this magic wonder streak you had and all of the time since then, what are some of the best and worst trades you've made in Dynasty? Man, um, one, of the, one of the best trades is actually one that I didn't make. Uh, it's one of the first orphans I ever took over, and CMC was on the roster. And I don't like CMC. Like, as a person, I just don't like him, and I didn't want to root for him. And this was before I had like 50 teams, okay? This is one of the very first orphans I ever took over. So I was like, I will literally take 70 cents on the dollar. Like whatever you think his value is, I'm trading him today. Send me your best offers. I got like just unimaginably four offers for it. So maybe that <laughs> approach was not the right thing to do, but I was new. I didn't know. Um, so I decided I wasn't going to trade him. And then I went on to win three straight championships with that team because of mostly because of CMC. So I'm going to say one of my best trade ever was not trading CMC. Um, However, that very same league, I had the opportunity to trade CMC for Jonathan Taylor and two firsts that would have, that eventually did become um, Chase. And uh, I believe the other one became Jefferson or um, one of the, one of the other, uh, CD Lamb, I think the year before. So um, that was maybe a trade that I, I should have made. Uh, but you know, hey, you, you never really know. I've made hundreds and hundreds of trades, so there's there's definitely been really really bad ones over the years. So many, so that I I honestly can't even count. Um, but hey, it is what it is. I gave up a first for a Ben Roethlisberger in a one quarterback league. One year, so value wise, uh, you would say that's that's pretty awful. But I mean, I I won money, so and I don't really think I could complain. That's that's still what the kids call not great. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> pretty bad. Pretty bad. What is a guiding principle you take with you, whether you are offering or evaluating trades? Yeah, you know, I've often thought about this. Like, there's been so many good answers over the years, and uh, even asking this question myself when I've hosted this show, I've heard some really good answers. Um, you know, people that say like, "Oh, I try to like research the teams and all that," like 
that's cool and i appreciate that but i mean i'm in 50 leagues so i don't always necessarily know each each team and their strategy and you know what the players they like and all that type of stuff so it's really hard for me to say that i would do something like that um but i think ultimately it's just about can you can you make your team better in in some way right so even if that's moving points off your roster to get a higher pick right so it just comes down to how can i improve my team even even in the smallest margins because i do a volume of trades and a volume of leagues so for me the answer is probably a little bit different than most but again it's just finding finding a win on the margins essentially that's really what guides me well it might not be the average everyday answer but i enjoyed it and that's all that matters because again <laughs> this show is for me and no one else <sighs> all right well okay let's let's get into it let's let's get into the misery that was sunday afternoon into last night first we will talk about cooper cup having an uh, ha, wow okay see like i'm so I can't even get the words out. That is the only reason. Cooper Cup suffered a high ankle sprain requiring surgery. And while they have not, from what I've seen, used the phrase season ending, I feel like it's at least fantasy season ending. And seeing as how it does not appear that the Rams are making the playoffs, I'm going to assume it's going to be season ending. So, I mean, let's... Are you guys panicked like I am? I guess that that's that's where I'm going to – I have one share of Cooper Cup. It is on Trade Addicts 2 where I have been year after year just destroyed emotionally by how how I keep losing that league, even though I keep, should keep winning. I end up getting Cooper Cup. I wish I could remember what I did to get him, but I never look back because it was probably something stupid. And he's gone now, and we'll talk about what I did afterwards a little later. And I am going to guess if you had Cooper Cup on a team, he's win- you, you were probably on a winning team. How panicked are you to go out and replace that slot? And I was having a conversation. Having a conversation is absolutely the wrong phrase. I was told I was wrong by John Bosch where we had Dallas Goddard on our team, which we'll get to. And someone offered us a ridiculously bad trade, but it had us getting Christian Kirk. And he was just like, well, crap, now Russ is going to want to trade for Christian Kirk. And I'm like, well, <laughs> yeah, of course I do. I don't want to pay a first on top of Goddard like this guy was asking. But oh, yeah, that that's, oh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's what happened. And they wanted like a third coming back too. And there was something, it was bad. But he's just like, if you need to replace a player, you don't trade away the hurt player to replace the hurt player. And I was just like, Oh, well, when you say it like that, that makes a lot of sense. But I'm sitting here in my TA2 team where it's just like, do I take, I mean, pennies on the dollar is absolutely the wrong phrase, but like, do you sell someone like Cooper Cup at a discount to move and get other points? Of course, the answer is always depends on the trade. But what I guess, what is, Scott, your strategy, especially being in the numbers game that you are, um, when you scroll down, you find your competing teams, you find the ones you have cup on, what's your first go-to move? Um, well, this year I'm going to cry a little bit because I mean, <laughs> you always I, have to I, get that out first. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's, that's the first move. Um, you know, in most, in most cases you just kind of go into like fix it mode, 
right? It's like, okay, what can I do? How can I make this work? Um, but this year, you know, as we were talking about a little bit before, it's been a challenge to make trades uh, for whatever reason. And so I'm a, I'm a little bit worried uh, that I'm going to be able to replace that production. So right now I'm just going to have to go find probably what I'll have to do is find another competing team because like a rebuilding team isn't really going to take Cooper Cup, right? Like why would a rebuilding team take them? Sure, he's not scoring points. Okay. But I mean, he is what, almost 30? Um, so I don't, I don't know that, that a rebuilding team is really going to take him. If I'm rebuilding, I don't know that I want to buy him. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to come down to having to get real crafty. Hopefully you have some relationships with some other managers in your league that you can make some deals or you look at who else got hurt this week. Right. And then see if you can find a mutually advantageous swap there with, with one of the other guys. Maybe you have an extra tight end, you know, to help out one of these teams that just lost some of these other guys we're going to talk about. Right. So that could be the strategy for this year. Brock. You're muted. Son of a, I'm not so I'm worried about his washing machine as a <laughs> yeah. yes, God, Rocky and his professionalism am. at podcasting. Yes. Uh, so I was trying to say that I thought that was a good point Scott made at the end there about uh, if you can find somebody else like the, who, the Goddard uh, manager and, and kind of work it out that way. I, I, I am willing to tra- trade cup to, to get those points back. But I, I think Scott's right too, though, that who, who are you trading him to? Like who, who wants Cooper, who wants an injured Cooper cup that badly? So it's kind of tough. I, I mean, maybe maybe someone who's middling and thinks they can compete right next year, but they know they're probably not going to win it this year. Maybe that's the kind of manager you can trade them to. Uh, I, I was just looking while you guys were talking. I have eight friggin' Cooper Cup shares that I got to figure out what to do mm. with now. Uh, so it, it's not ideal for me. But, uh, yeah, I mean – I'm kind of with what you said, Russ. I'd prefer not to use Cup to try and replace those points. Maybe you send a – well, I know you talked about it on Wall Street this week. I don't know if you can get him for, for less than a first, but if you can get Kirk for a reasonable price or something like that, he's not going to give you – I mean, not that Cooper Cup was putting up 2021 uh, Cooper Cup points, but but he was still you know very, very good. So he's not going to get you Cooper Cup points, but the Christian Kirk has been really solid this year. Some guy like that, someone in that wide receiver two range uh, that you can hopefully get cheaper. How uh, you could get Tyler Lockett again, not Cooper Cup, but he is, I think, still a wide receiver one at this point. Uh, uh, game, he is wide receiver eighteen, okay, and right above so- him is Jacoby Myers. Two, those are two guys that mm-hmm. no one would really. We've, unless they have them on their team, it's not people you stop to think, oh, they're top 24 wide receivers right now. Yeah. So yeah, you I think get I, them, I was looking at total yeah. points. I think total points, he's still a wide receiver one, but that's just because he's played every game and had no buys. So, <laughs> but he's still playing fairly well. But guys like that, that you can get cheaper. Uh, I, Scott was talking, I, th- I think it was before the show, about the got Amari Cooper for like, yeah. would you say for a second? Uh, Deontay Foreman and a 24 second. Yeah. So, and he's, he's playing very well, 14 points a game. So yeah, I, I would more try and do it that way. I'm willing to send Cooper cup if, if that's what it takes to get somebody I want, but I would more be trying to do the, yeah, get, get the cheaper older guy that hopefully can at least, 
not give you Cooper Cup production, but can give you reasonable production to keep you chugging along with your contending team. Including this past game where Cooper Cup scored 2.9 points. He was av- he's averaging 22.4 points per game, mm. including a game where he put up 2.9. Cooper Cup, by the way. Yeah, so he was still pretty he was still being pretty good. Yeah, that's actually even better than I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Um uh, man, I I don't why Cooper? Why? Like that's <laughs> like I'm that's just what I'm stuck on. Okay, so um to go along with everything you both just said, I did kind of what Scott brought up in the first place. Like, who do you trade Cooper Cup to? You're going to have to trade him to a competing team. I literally went in the chat and I said, who wants to trade for Cooper Cup on a little bit cheap to give me some points? And there was a middling team that was willing to do it. So, I mean, I was pretty cool with it. And, you know, I I sat there and stared at it because I wasn't sure. I love how much I'm just talking about this and I still refuse to talk about the trade yet because we are not talking about trades yet. Um, so, ugh. I mean, okay, so let's pretend in a world that someone says, I want to trade a pick for Cooper Cup. Are you giving Cooper Cup away for a late first right now? Yeah, I feel the same way that the look I see on Scott's face. Yeah, <laughs> I think you kind of you kind of have to. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's hard to expect then- more you turn that into whatever you need, I guess. I mean, yeah, I, I guess you have to. Yeah. I mean, that would obviously like, clearly if you're competing, the move would then be to flip that first for something else. But yeah. I guess my question is like, would you be like, would you feel the need to be like, okay, it looks like it needs to be a team that's going to get eliminated in the first round. Like I need to feel like it's seven, eight, as opposed to nine, 10, 11. Honestly, like yeah. um, I would probably take any first I can get because, like, once the non-point scoring season hits, I don't think Cooper Cup's worth worth the first anyway. Regardless of how many points he scores, he's old and Caucasian and a slot receiver. So, I mean, <laughs> let's be, be thirty before next season. He was barely worth the first coming into this year after what he did. Right. Right. As I was just gonna say, I don't think anyone was. I don't know that a lot of people are paying two first for Cup when he was healthy. So it's going to be hard no. to get more than a, a, you know, a first that's in a playoff first. I, I don't think you're going to get more than that for an injured cup. That's probably not coming back. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the next one, which also made me super sad because in any leagues where I don't have Kelsey or Andrews, I have Zach Ertz. <sighs> <laughs> I saw yeah. him go down and I just like tears were welling up. I I love TikTok. I am a huge fan of so many things about TikTok, but I usually don't actually create anything. I felt the need to go to TikTok to display my creative sadness. And I I created a TikTok that was uh, it was, you know, it re- text to speech where it reads out loud what you typed on the screen and says, when you've been waiting for Trey McBride season, and then you see um, Zach Ertz gets a season-ending injury, and then it's me lip lip-syncing with the uh, from the Matrix, where she just goes, "Not like this, not like this." Uh, it compelled you that far, huh? That's how that was how heartbroken I was, and how I am going to be crying both tears of joy and sadness when Trey McBride just starts crushing it very soon because he's really good, and that Let's team hope. wants to use the tight end, despite the fact that Zach Ertz is just even at 29 or however old he was, is still just very good. 
So this leads me to my next question, which actually, you know what? First, we're going to talk about Dallas Goddard because Dallas Goddard also got hurt and everything from that play was a mess. I don't know if Scott, you were watching the game or how many times you would have seen the replay. First of all, the Eagles like didn't feel like, I don't anyone watching or listening because mostly listening because this is a podcast. That's what they do. Hey, hey, patreon.com slash patreon.com slash trade addicts. You can be watching just saying, but in the Eagles commanders game, it honestly, for the first two and a half quarters, it did not look like the Eagles wanted to be there. Like they were barely trying. They were not doing much. Then all of a sudden they're like, oh, we're losing to the commanders right now. We should start playing. And then the defense started crushing it. The offense started moving, but then they just kept fumbling the ball. And one of the plays in which they fumbled the ball, it was a nice throw. Dallas Goddard catches it. One dude wraps his arm around Goddard's head, grabs his face mask, and yanks him down to the ground while another guy is jumping on his back, driving, well, first of all, punching the ball out, but also driving Goddard's shoulder into the into the ground. So fumble commanders recover and goddard yes that was a bullshit play by the way absolutely but the (laughs) worst like what i'm really really annoyed about is the fact well besides the fact that he got hurt in general the fact that he got hurt on this play because now we will only hear he got hurt on the play they missed calling the face mask that is what that play now is the play goddard got hurt where they missed calling face masking don't get me wrong. That's exactly what that was. That should not have been a turnover because he straight up yanked his face. Yep. But oh, but also like Goddard finished the game. So uh, like the the fact that he kept playing and I think he made a catch after that, and then now has a season ending el- uh, shoulder injury. Like he played through that. Like makes me like Goddard even more. But. I have, have you seen, I mean, Rocky, you're the Eagles guy, but I know you you two are on line more than I am. Have you seen the extent of his injury and how long he's actually going to be out for? I haven't seen anything specific yet. All I saw was, I know there was a a tweet earlier today that he was going to IR, but he's, but that they do expect him back this season. Okay. So so we're talking at least four weeks, right? That's what that is. Possibly just say extended but, time. Yeah, yeah, that's like that's longer than the okay. four weeks. But right. he's probably gonna have to see a specialist. Given that, so. yeah, given that the Eagles are eight and one, though, I think we do see him back. Whereas Cooper Cup, we, we don't. Yeah, yeah. My so, question yeah. coming off of this is: you have a team that's competing, especially if you have Ertz, but like most likely if you have Goddard too, because especially the last few weeks, Goddard's been doing really well. What's your pivot? Like, what's your move from here? Because it, it's the the tight end landscape is so rough because you have Kelsey, you have Andrews, who you want to be great, but has been hurt for however long. You have Pitts, who costs a lot, but isn't actually scoring points. And then you have. Um, so what what what's like the first move you two are making? And I guess let me say the obvious thing. If you're competing, you lost those guys. What you do is you go to the worst team in the standings, look to see who their tight end is. You move up, you see who the next team's tight end is. But, like, is there any player that in your mind you're like, all right, well, I don't want to spend too much, so let me go see who I if I can acquire this player. Like, do you have a specific player you want to pivot to? 
Um, I, I don't. I was. I don't. Ask, I'll let Scott go after I say this. I just was going to mention. I actually didn't seek this out. I haven't found trades for my Goddard teams yet, but uh, I got offered uh, for Khalil Herbert, Pierre Strong in a fourth, Adam Thielen, and Foster Moreau on a Goddard team which I, I thought worked out fine for me because Waller's also going to be out for some of the time, at least, that Goddard's out. So that was kind of my pivot in that league. Uh, not that uh, Moreau was amazing, uh, but he's had a couple digit tight end premium, double digit tight end premium games uh, over the last few weeks. Uh, in terms of actual guys that you could maybe afford, uh, maybe, maybe a Gerald Everett. He's hurting out too, though. Is he? I didn't even see yeah. that. Well, he, he, got he was questionable in coming into the into the week, and I think it's he got hurt early in the second quarter and he left the game. Okay, ignore that. <laughs> yeah, no, I I mean I have an answer for this, and and it may not be super helpful because I don't know how many people relate to this, but let me try to explain this as quickly as possible. So. If you have a roster build where essentially your your main players are your quarterbacks, your receivers, and your tight ends, right? Then you're going to use some of your seconds, thirds, whatever you can use to fill in and buy those like running backs that pop up here and there that are going to give you a couple of good weeks. That's essentially going to be my strategy now, except I'm going to pivot that to the tight end position. Okay, so I'm going to try to get first. I'll try to get a guy like. What if I have Burrow quarterback? I'll try to get a, a Hayden Hurst. If I have Allen, I'll try to get a Dawson Knox. Okay, I'm going to just try to look to stack with my quarterback, essentially. That's going to be the first move. Just find one of those middling guys that I can get pretty cheap. You know, I should be able to get any of those guys for like a second. Um, if I can't do that, if I can't pull that off, I'm going to try to find like that next tier down and just offer thirds, fourths, maybe pick up guys for a few games here and there. You mentioned one already, Rocky, Foster Moreau. Um, Harrison Bryant could be another one. Um, you know, there's just going to be always those few guys here and there that you're going to get a few weeks out of them. Um, you know, and, and that's what you're going to have to do is kind of piecemeal it together and, and see what you could figure out. Just looking at the trade out of scoring, Jawan Johnson is a guy who's had four double digit games in the last five weeks. So you could get yeah. super cheap. The first thing I thought he was one of the first players I thought of, but then I realized that it, there's probably going to be a quarterback change there now so Maybe, i don't yeah. know if that's foolish think. um and yeah and he has been much better with dalton than he was with Jameis. yeah we have Corey in the chat saying trade for njoku which is probably okay. a good move yeah but yeah. yeah like i was trying to remember the players we were looking at like i know we talked before the show started I think I would throw an early second-ish at the Hawkinson GM to see if they're still just ready to move on because he's, like what, nine targets, ten targets in the past two games? Mm-hmm. And they're off, their passing offense is doing much better than their running offense. I mean, that's just the best way to really <laughs> to say it right now. So I think like that's a really good place to start. Uh, if a, I have now learned that a second does not get it done for Cole Komet right now nor does 224 seconds, at least in the one league. But if you want to believe that what we are seeing out of Justin Fields, not necessarily his play in general, you know, running for 200 yards a game, but what his throwing style and his throwing habits, 
in his now playing format you know scheme that's the word scheme that's that's whoo um it seems to be commits the go-to target and if you believe in that i and if you have a really good team i i I would throw a second and change at the Komet GM and see what I can do because Komet was someone I was empirically into coming into this season just because he was getting targets. The dude just didn't score touchdowns last season. And now that he's getting targets again, he's catching the ball again. It was just, I am willing to write off everything from the very first snap Justin Fields ever took in the NFL until three weeks ago, because that was not what Justin Fields should be doing. Now Justin Fields is doing what Justin Fields should be doing. So I am like, this is it. This is what I'm here for. This is what I'm ready for. So Cole Komet might be his go-to guy right now. And while we love Darnell Mooney for what he did last season, Komet might just be the better option. He might be the, and they play different positions. So saying the better player is, you know, a little unfair, but like he just might be the better pass catcher for Justin Fields right now. So I think I would be willing to take that bet and send, well, I, I would try starting with one second and then seeing what I have to add on to to get from there. Greg Dulcich is another guy. Like, the problem is I'm late on all of these tight ends. Like, I am two, three weeks late on Greg Dulcich, but, like, it turns out he's actually going to be a thing. I was like, well, they have Albert O there still. Why, why would Dulcich ever be a thing? And whoops, you know, Russell Wilson doesn't use tight ends. Whoops. I mean, not like... Russell Wilson was a system quarterback, I guess. I mean, and it was Pete Carroll's system. Pete Carroll quarterback. It was like, run first Pete Carroll system, right? Like, of course, we all saw this coming. Ugh, I, why what about we, Tyler Higby? What about Tyler Higby? Tyler Higby he should be cheap. He, he he's like Amari Cooper to me, where it's just like, I'm going to do really well. I'm going to do really oh, well. I'm going to take Yeah, but maybe back. with Cup out and, you know, they don't really have running backs. Oh, fair. Passes. Yes, now with Cup so, out. I mean, I mean – you it know, is maybe it He's is cheap. Alan cheap. Robinson season. That's what I'm saying. It is now oh, finally time. I can only hope. I can only you hope. know it's Ben Skaronic season. Skaronic, <laughs> Skaronic, whatever. Yeah, whatever. It, it's going to be that guy. Um. All right. Let's let's move out of tight ends because I'm done crying about it <laughs> for now. The last bit of news is not injury related, but it is that Deshaun Watson is now eligible to return to practice. So it's time. It is the time where we have been saying, if you have been holding on to Watson this time, but you're worried about his actual play and you want to trade him away, it's now. The time is now. He is. We're going to get pictures of him in a practice jersey. He's going to be jogging out. You know, this is this is it. So, Rocky, I know you have a share or two. I assume you have at least one on your fifty-something teams. <laughs> what's what's an offer to you have to look like? to get Deshaun Watson off of your teams or conversely, if you're willing to buy into the hype, what does an offer look like that you would send to try and get him before he just comes in and lights the world on fire? Yeah. I mean, I'm probably not sending for him. Uh, I I want like top eight ish quarterback uh, uh, return. So probably close to, to like, two firsts ish uh, in that range. Uh, I I would send like a a mid first for him if somebody wanted to just get out. But at this point, if you're still holding them, I don't think that's the case. So uh, 
I, I'm not paying up for him because I don't generally do that. And I definitely would want to see him uh, on the field first before I actually do that. I'd actually probably rather get him during this uh, non-point scoring season because I think he could struggle in 2022. Um, it's if be you rusty, right? Exactly. <laughs> not being rusty. Uh, you know, it's not the, the, the best offense in the world. Uh, he's coming back during, you know, cold weather season in Cleveland. So I could definitely see a scenario where he doesn't produce that well, but I still expect him to produce well there. And I'm not selling him for less than, like I said, like top eight to 10 quarterback range. Yeah, I'm going to agree. I mean, and the thing is, it's not necessarily a reflection of him. It's more of a reflection of where we're at with the quarterback position right now. Like out of like the top four or five guys, if you had to pick a guy excluding those top, you know, six, let's say, to get you 20 points in a week, you know, for your life. I mean, how, how many guys would you pick? Like, there's just not many, uh, if if any at all. Um, so it's, it's just, uh, you know, the old guys got old. The young guys haven't really stepped up. So, I mean, we're just kind of like in that transition. So that could create some opportunity. Um, having said that, I did pick up a couple Watson shares uh, for what I was hoping was buying low and then being able to flip. So I'm currently working on that in one of my leagues where I am still trying for the 101 here. And obviously, if he comes back, he's going to affect that. So now is the time for me to sell. So, you know, check back with me in like a week or two and <laughs> we'll see where, where that turned out. Okay, so I pulled up the DLF trade analyzer because DLF family podcast. And in the Superflex values, Deshaun Watson is 537 points. And early 23 first is 604. So let's call Deshaun Watson or an early first. Let's talk one, two, three. I would sell him for 101, possibly. Nothing else. Mm. I think I still need more. I might, but but I Bijan I just think it's gonna be worth like the universe when you know when he comes into the league. I, I know people don't love running backs, but people love Bijan. It just I don't know. I don't know. I didn't see it with Barkley personally. Uh it didn't happen for me, like in leagues where I got one oh one and I was gonna take Barkley and I was like, Oh, I can't wait to trade this and just get a haul and it just didn't it just didn't happen. So, because really? I mean, back then running backs you know, were still worth, were still worth I know, the universe. I know. At that point. It just wasn't I, I remember I sent a league where I have like six first. I sent, I sent an offer of four for Barkley back in like 2018 or something. No way. And it got yeah. rejected. <laughs> you are talking to the, the co host of the man who Sick 101 his startup. Yeah. Brian Hart yeah. legit took Saquon Barkley 101, and it turned out not to be right. a bad move for a year. That's right. That's right. Actually, we're going to go back to that a little later. Um, but first, all right, so let's talk wide receivers. Would you trade away Deshaun Watson for DK Metcalf? No. No. All right, so you're competing. What about Tyreek Hill, the current wide receiver one? <laughs> <laughs> we're both oh, like... so That's closer than I, than I would yeah. have thought, actually. Um, wow. I mean, are we assuming that he's – I have two good quarterbacks? You know, I mean, I need context really to answer. There's really no way I could just – Well, know, 
You've um, been surviving this long. You're still a competing right. team. You're making the playoffs, right. and you haven't been using Watson. So wow. you'll be having yeah. this player at the cost of your last starter. Right, right, right. Oh man, I I'm I might I might do that actually. That's hard though. I don't. It's it's so it hard is. to trade a quarterback. It's so hard for me to trade a quarterback. But I I think I lean towards doing. I want to win more than that. So I, I think I – it's hard for me, too, because when I, you know, bought Deshaun Watson low in a lot of leagues, I didn't picture selling him for a 29-year-old wide receiver. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> Even right. though I'm not an ageist, I still but, like – yeah. But I think I like winning championships more than I like winning trades, right? That's so crazy talk. You know. Yeah, so I, I think I lean yes, but I agree with Scott. It's super so, tough. What you're telling me is a man who is two months older than Tyree Kill and Steph Diggs. The answer is probably the same as what we just went through. Yes. I, because I they are wide receivers one and two, and they are literally two months apart from each other. And I think I would lean yes with Diggs, too. I could have bought Diggs for two firsts in uh, DDCL. That was the counter offer I got, 23 firsts and 24 firsts. So, yeah, I think that puts us right in that range, right? Because yeah. it's that two firsts. So, yeah, I, I think it makes sense. All right, let's drop an age a bit. What about Amon Ross St. Brown? No. No. And I love Amon Ross St. Brown. He, uh, he is literally the player right above Deshaun Watson. Um, really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Tyreek Hill is actually two below him he's like a different i mean it's a difference of like a third but you know still technically okay. below deshaun watson uh man deandre swift is such a weird thing and it's rough with deshaun watson's exact value because the next closest running back above him is christian mccaffrey and saquon barkley and they're like above him so i don't really have a good running back i, don't, I doubt you do it for nick chubb right no Exactly. So, yeah, I think that's – what about Travis Kelsey? And then let's talk TA leagues with the point seven five. I don't think it, I would. Oh, that's such a positional advantage. I can't imagine not doing that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard not to. Same scenario with Tyreek. I mean, I think I might have to do it if I'm going for the ship. Um, but, yeah, that's that's tough. Just yeah, he, he. I mean, he's just so old. Like, it's, it's, but he just <laughs> keeps going, man. He just keeps going. Oh, fantastic! Okay, I think that's enough. Like about this. Actually, no, that's a lie. I said I wanted to get back to one thing, and this is pure curiosity's sake more than anything else. I am doing one of the super flex mock super flex mocks for DLF's ADP. And I want to find out where in this draft you put Bijan. So I'm going to assume Mahomes and Allen still go first. Yes. Mm-hmm. And All right. Just, just, okay, there's one in here that's going to be an easy answer. But just like say now, if you hear a name, you would take Bijan above. Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson. Someone took Austin Eckler at the 106. That's the one name I'm sure both of you are just like, yep. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But then we get back to Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts. I would I would consider. Oh. No, 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 no. I, I would rather have Hurts than Murray. I would too. 
Oh yeah, so, I, I, I'm there yeah. too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I would. Is, I would. I mean, this is one mock, no less. Like this is. Yeah. Of course. Of course. Sense. Justin Fields. That's Tua Fields. That's, that's, I, I. Yeah, it's tough. Jamar Chase <laughs> and Justin Jefferson. I'll take the receivers. Okay. I would take the receivers too. But we're getting there. AJ Brown. Oh, Robinson. Brown. I still love AJ Brown. See, I think I I'm not even there. positive. I would definitely not take him over all those quarterbacks. And well, one more quarterback and one more running back I want to throw in there right now. Uh, Dak Prescott. Bijan. I'll take Bijan. Yeah. Ken Walker. Bijan. I'll take Bijan, but I mean, it's not that easy. But yeah, Bijan. I, I, I still think I. Walker's I think piece, we man. saw today what, sh- yes, uh, Sunday morning, like what the reality of what the Seahawks offense should be looking like this entire season. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. the only reason Ken Walker's, which is really weird because I used to work with a guy named Ken Walker, so it's like I still want to call him <laughs> Kenneth because that's a different name. Uh, the only reason his fantasy day was saved was because he caught like eight passes. I was just yeah. Say, yeah, he had six yeah. catches, yeah. And, and Oh yeah, he had eight targets, that's what it was. And dropped a couple, you know, two of them, apparently. Um, which isn't something I think we're going to see very often, but you know, no. the Tampa Bay defense was like, Oh, we're in Germany. We should probably play now. <laughs> I guess again, no idea why they just decided to start playing this game, but all right. Like, so we actually, that's a little later than I thought it would be. Like we got down to the one twelve two oh one before yeah. we were just like, okay. I mean, I just hit running back. So it's not really fair I, to ask me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's hard to that. say over fields now after like two 40 point games, but. If you had asked me three weeks ago, I would have taken him easily over fields. Well, you would have been wrong, clearly. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we are going to do trade addicts trades first because we have two of them this week, which is just hurting my soul, and we have a bunch of questions. So the first – wait, no. Trade addicts leagues are 12-team super flex PPR tight end premium with 1.75 points per tight end reception with .05 points for return yardage except for TA1 because after a week off – we have a TA1 trade, and it's a weird one. It is Zach Wilson and C.D. Lamb for Jimmy Garoppolo, Tyler Algier, Najee Harris, and Amari Cooper. That is a weird one. That is a weird one. I like. I was staring at this trying to figure how to put it together, and the only thing I can really put together is I'm pretty sure this was Kenny trading for Najee Harris, and he's a Steelers fan. So – this might be a he'll do better next year, Najee Harris thing. And Amari Cooper is still good. We'll have now time with Deshaun Watson. So do you think there's going to be that? And Zach Wilson, I mean, we know how Rocky feels about Zach Wilson. Yeah. I think we all know how everyone feels. You know, why do you got to do this to me? Put Zach Wilson with I finally joined him. It, makes, it just, it's, it's, oh, it's awful. Like Zach Wilson for Garoppolo and Algier. I feel like you can cross off. <laughs> Yeah, yeah I, I was actually looking. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would, Algier, Harris, and Cooper for Lamb. I would do that. Like that's kind of where I was kind of looking at, like Harris and Cooper for Lamb, and that's not bad, even with Harris being what he is right now. Like, imagine if they do beef up their offensive line, and Harris is like three quarters of what he was. Your laundry's done. It's like three quarters. <laughs> Sorry, I heard the buzz. <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to mute, but it takes me too long to move it down to the mute button. Like, if he's like three quarters of what he was last year, that's still a solid low-end RB1. So, like, this could be a very good price. 
But also, you, he went and got his guy. He's a Steelers fan. More power to him. So I think in the end, this is sort of even. But man, yeah, it's yeah. weird. And I think I just in the end want to leave. As weird as it is to say, Jimmy's a better scoring option than than Zach Wilson. So yeah. you're getting the better quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, oh, and so I think bad. Jimmy's going to still be starting in, in 2023. I think he'll be <laughs> Zach Wilson somewhere. might not be exactly. Yeah, he, he might not probably be. be starting for the Jets. <laughs> exactly. Uh, hey, man, with Brees and their defense, that's probably what they'll want. It would actually well, make a lot of Flacco sense. in now. Then I don't understand. Well, they can't. They can't show how wrong they were. No, I they should. There's what six and three or whatever. I mean, they have, yeah. they have a legit playoff shot and. They're still running all, Zach Wilson out there. All I know is their their defense is led by a man in the secondary whose name is Sauce. Of <laughs> course, it's not his real name. I know. Leave me alone. But his name is Sauce, and that's fantastic. And it's just and, made all the more better that he's really good. Didn't he have like a giant Sauce like chain at the he, draft? He does. Like he that? does. <laughs> and he did not give up a touchdown in coverage in all of his entire college career. Wow. Okay. How insane is that? How insane is that? Not once, not one time did he give well, up. His name was Sauce. You don't dare wow. challenge that. I think that's what it was. Wow. But we're about to slap some sauce on this. Sleeper, trade of the week. Sleeper, trade of the week. We're going to talk about a trade addict trade, and it's sponsored by the Sleeper app. And see. This is why you should be a patron, because L- Russ literally dances to that song every single week. Every single time since the first time. <laughs> and I mean, like, if you were waiting for it, there was two trades, and it wasn't the first one. So, I mean, there you go. <laughs> and here it is. This is the trade. It's the sleeper trade of the week, because it's the trade I've been talking about this entire show without actually saying what the trade was. <sighs> On Trade Addicts 2, I went into my group chat, and I said, who wants to trade for Cooper Cup, a little cheap, and give you some points. And a middling team actually said they would. And it's really funny. He comes out in the chat later, and he's like, yeah, I honestly wasn't really interested, but I've just learned whenever someone comes in the chat and says, does anybody want an offer, you just say yes. (laughs) And so I'm like, oh, oh, that's a good, yeah, cool. So he sent me Debo for, for Cooper Cup, and I'm staring at it, and I'm just like, is this something I want to do to myself? Debo should be great. Debo likes to get injured. Debo is now on a team with Christian McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell, where Kyle Shanahan came out and said, I want Mitchell and CMC to have even shares going forward. I mean, I did it. Clearly, I did it. And... I don't think I was going to get a better offer than that. And the only reason I think I really did accept it was Debo got runs in the red zone, <laughs> you know, like still with McCaffrey and Mitchell on the team. And don't get me like, yeah. it's funny. Like I was watching, I didn't get to watch the game when it happened. I watched it yesterday um, after everyone was complaining about, you know, Mitchell getting so much usage and CMC not Mitchell looked really good, like right away. You know, like he came back, like when he was healthy, he came back and he looks good. So I get not wanting to just kill McCaffrey right away. And which is why I was even more shocked to see Debo get those runs out of the backfield still. 
so that's why I took it. Otherwise, I probably would have waited and saw what my team was like. But I'm like, no, I think Debo will at least be safe. And I can still pray for those games where he puts up 20-something points because, you know, he does run in a touchdown or something like that. So I guess let me know what you think, you guys. If you had Cup on your team and someone throws you Debo for Cooper Cup, do you take it? I mean, yeah, you you kind of have to. I mean, it's a it's a nine point difference there, twenty two point three to thirteen point four. Um, I mean, hell, Jalen Virgil is averaging more points than Debo right now. But uh, stop making up names, man. You're not. I know who the hell is that? He Um, his first he caught his first catch and it was for a touchdown, sixty six yard touchdown. Yes, that was the only points for the Broncos. Um. Yeah, but I mean it's Debo, right? Like you know, you know what his upside is, you know what his potential is, and CMC hasn't been like the picture of health over his career. So, uh, nor any of those running backs on that team, honestly. Um, I, I don't think you're going to get any better than that. So, whether you really wanted to do it or not, if you still want to try to win, you, you that's that's the trade you're going to have to make. I don't know what you're getting better than that. Which makes because I will play. say, I. I did what I said before, like what I did with um, the tight ends and stuff like that. Like you don't go down to rebuilding teams. You don't go down to the tanking teams to try and trade for for Cooper cup. You go to those middling teams that probably will be like, you know what? Cup will still be good next year. So I'm not like blowing my team up and I'll see if I can get like, honestly, like my real goal was to try and get two players, you know? So maybe I can have a little bit of depth and make some choices as opposed to, because I really didn't think I'd get a good one for one that I'd feel uh, okay about. And I know it's very specific because I was looking at specific teams, but there was nothing that made me feel good about it. Like there was nothing that was just like, okay, yeah, I'll do this. Like I found the Josh Jacobs team and I'm like, yeah, that's a great idea. Let me get Josh. Who can I add to Josh Jacobs where someone's not going to be like, I'm not going to do that. Like I'm not going to do it straight up for Josh Jacobs. Even it doesn't matter how well he's doing right now but I feel like anything I ask on top of that at a player that's scoring points from a competing team, I don't think it gets accepted. So it was really like, again, the correct answer is probably be patient, but this is me. We're talking about, I'm not that. Yeah. I, I kind of agree. That might've been the correct answer. Cause I, I don't love it as a means to, to score points for this year. Like I, he just pointed out, Scott just pointed out that, that, Jalen Virgil is averaging more points per game. Come Debo on, is a sample size, one catch. I know, but the point is, Debo is like a, a low end two, high end three in points per game this year. And twenty six. Yeah, they did. And that, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm saying even if you take out the Jalen Virgils of the world, I don't know who else. Is yeah. There, but uh, and and you know they did add Christian McCaffrey three four weeks ago. I don't know that that's going to change between Debo and Kittle and Ayuk and McCaffrey. And now Mitchell's getting 18 carries or whatever the hell he's getting. Uh, so I, I don't love it as a point scoring option, which is why I mean, if you're doing it, if you were doing it as more of a future move, I don't hate that because uh, I feel like people are going to start saying Debo starting to get old because he's going to be like 27 next year, but, uh, <laughs> but he's got plenty of good years left. And uh, I don't know that McCaffrey does. So I, I, I like it going forward. I just don't think it's a great move if you're trying to get points for 22 to compete. I'd rather do what we talked about earlier and trade something besides Cup for one of those other guys. Yeah, I don't <laughs> – I, I, 
I lock myself into situations where my good teams are good because I have players I like and I don't want to move them. <laughs> you know, that's or it's like Terry McLaurin and Michael Pittman, who I like more than everyone else, even though most of the time they're scoring points. I was so happy, so happy that Matt Ryan started again. Oh, huge. Um, well, Jeff reason- Saturday had Pittman on his fantasy team, so yes. we knew that was thank you that was happening. I'm here yeah. for it. Um, but I looked at you know I box scored a little bit. Six targets, four rushes from Debo in his first healthy game back. And then his schedule, I know the MFL's um, opposing rank verse isn't necessarily the greatest, you know, form of information, but the next one, two, three teams are all in the teens. And then three out of the four games are in the twenties. Like, so they have a pretty decently easy schedule going forward. And the way I saw this more than anything else was I think I'll have an easier time flipping the 26 year old wide receiver who's healthy as opposed to the 29 wide receiver, 29 year old wide receiver that's hurt. So this was at least a stepping stone, if not something that I can might just work out. This is the things I tell myself to make me feel better about it. Yeah. I'm just. I'm looking at this list of receivers. It's so weird looking at receivers. Like there's, and we've talked about this before, and you've heard, I've heard another podcast. Like receiver is so kind of flat after the first handful of guys. Like mm-hmm. I'm just looking at this list of like um, I have TA pulled up the scoring, yep. and you know, like Jacoby Myers at 17, Lockett at 18, Lazard at 21, Yuka uh, at 23. I mean, like. McLaren at 20. Like, there's just so many guys, and they're all in the they're same like range point. of that 14 and 30. Yeah. yeah. And it's just, it's like you have like six, seven, eight guys, maybe nine. And then it's just like a whole bunch of other guys. And I'd rather just try and get the cheapest of one of those other guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, you're not wrong. And, and I still think Cup could be good at third. I mean, we're seeing – I was looking at this list. DeAndre Hopkins is five in points per game. Like, I, Cup next year I think say. is still going to be very good. So I, I might Hopkins rather just – Hopkins is older than Cup. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's my point. So right. a year from now, Cup could still be putting up 20 points a game and Debo could still be putting up 13. So Fine. I was wrong. and that's your treat of the week brought to you by sleeper fantasy the fastest growing fantasy football platform in the world join a new dynasty league or migrate yours to their platform and enjoy how easy they make it to manage all your leagues in one place join millions of players today on sleeper the number one fantasy football platform download the app today to get started now let's go to the listener questions and the first one was actually just one randomly thrown on twitter and then at KP Poker, KP was like, okay, you know what, guys, this is a listener question. Uh, and I like it because it's not like a straight, hey, what should I do with this guy? It goes into a very interesting strategy question. Looking to trade Foreman, the best offer I received is from a manager whose first I own. Do you accept the best possible deal or take a slightly lesser deal to ensure you're not improving the team whose first you own? Now, the real question is, Scott, do you even have the brain power to be able to pay attention to that in the 50,000 league you're in? 
Yeah, def- definitely not. But uh, I mean, it's a great point. And I mean, that's that's really kind of breaking things down. I mean, if, if we're going to take the same approach of saying, hey, we're going to move points off our roster in, in order to improve our draft spot, then why wouldn't we be doing the reverse of that, right? Why wouldn't we be looking at this angle too? So um, it's a fair question. Um, I, I guess you'd have to literally just sit down and, and break it down and go, do you think Foreman's going to cost you a spot or two? And and what are we looking at here? Are we looking at like the 110 to the 112, the 106 to the 108? Like what what is the difference here? Because as we get later in that first, I think it matters less. Um, you know, if this team's currently like the 106 and but is just like one or two pieces away from making a run, you know, that might be a little bit riskier. Um, so you're, you're going to have to really break it down and, and see what makes sense if you want to spend that much time. But I probably wouldn't. I'll probably just take the best deal and worry about my team generally. Scott said some of what I was going to say. I I don't care. I, I just, even in the higher, if you think it's going to be a high, and I don't think it probably is going to be a higher pick because if a guy's trading for Deontay Foreman, he's probably at least halfway decent. So we're probably talking five to yeah. 10 range or something like that. So, and first round picks miss all the time. Who's to say that one Oh seven isn't going to be a better pick than one Oh five. Right. Uh, based on how things go. So I, I don't care. I, it, it's to me too. Like the other thing, and I know Russ, you're big on this is uh, that you have to have your own first to, to tank I or rebuild. I don't like the word tank. Uh, so, it's just uh, shorter and easy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even necessarily agree with that. Like, I think people worry way too much about that. If I if I have three other firsts because uh, I traded off all my pieces, I'm fine with with rebuilding my team and selling everything off, even though I don't have my own first. Uh, the only time it's an issue is you, if you start selling stuff and still don't get any first, and then then maybe that's a problem. But uh, I, I kind of went off a little tangent there. But that's what I think of it. I, I, I don't really worry about the quality of the first. I don't even think it's necessary to. The other thing, okay, I'm going on another tangent. The other thing I hate is when people say they have to get the 101, and they'll trade good players oh, off their team to so make sure wicked. they get the 101. I can't stand, like, I'm, I keep winning too much because I have Jalen Waddle on my team or something, like, no, you use Jalen Model as a piece to build around it, even if it means you get the 103, you know? Oh, well. Exactly. So, <laughs> it's, I'm sorry. I just said this kind of took me in a whole different direction than what the question was actually asking. No, worth it, because I get a lot of <laughs> a lot of DMs where it's just like, do I, you know, I'm rebuilding. Do I trade Jamar Chase for this, this, and this? And I'm like, well, if you can avoid trading Jamar Chase in general, you avoid trading yes. Jamar Chase. Like you build around that, like that's that's what you do, um, and yeah, I think the only time stands. I traded a Chase shares when I got Jefferson. You get like yes. a godfather <laughs> offer, yeah, yeah. right. The only I time got... I traded a Jefferson share was to get Chase from the guy yeah. who traded for the Jefferson share because Chase got hurt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, but yeah, um, I you're. Yeah. In theory, I agree. You want to make the teams of firsts you have worse. Deonta Foreman's a bit much. Like like what Scott was saying, I Foreman isn't going to put them over the edge. If you're talking about getting a second from this team versus getting a third from others, take the second. Like if it's going to cost you a spot or two in the first, it's still 
worth it to get the second. Like, would you move back two spots, you know, for going from a second to a third? Probably not. You would just rather have the second. Like, you know, like you hold on to that second because you might as well. But in theory, yes. Like, if we're talking bigger deals, I absolutely keep this in mind. This is the only time I ever think about what I'm doing to the other team when making a trade is when I have their first or if they have mine, because then I just want mine back. But that's a completely different story. Uh, the next question at FF Tommy B. And this is one that, oh yeah, we didn't actually put out. Ryan McDowell was supposed to be our guest. He wasn't feeling well. So, I mean, we took the last, the only person that said yes at this point, that's when Scott's here. <laughs> Sorry guys. Uh, yeah. Uh, but this would have been a perfect question for him at FF Tommy B. Can you talk about how you use the DLF ADP mocks to manage your own leagues? What do you guys use ADP for? I guess that really what this boils down for, like, what do you use ADP to try and help you in dynasty? Do you use ADP to try and help you in dynasty? All right, Scott, you're nodding yes, so you might as well It's just another tool. It's just another tool, right? Like you you can use a trade calculator. You can use rankings. You can, you know, throw your uh, trade in a chat and say, hey, does this make sense? Like, uh, yeah, I'm I'm using it as another tool in trades just to look at, you know, okay, if, if I were doing a draft right now, which I'm not, right? So, oh, but wait, I can use the DLF mocks, right? Now I can see what the ADPs are. Um, I'm also looking at, uh, you know, who's really risen. Okay, I'm going to start taking uh, stock of like, who's making those big jumps, who's really dropped down a lot. And then maybe those are guys that I need to move before we get into, you know, where people are going to start thinking more about this. Because we're so far from from draft season at this point that people are going to care less and less about that. But if you can kind of get ahead of the trends a little bit, you might be able to take advantage now moving guys that maybe aren't quite, um, you know, two guys that are scoring similarly, but trending in opposite directions in ADP, you know, which guy would you rather have? You know, it's it's an obvious answer, right? So if you can find little advantages there, that's exactly what I'm using. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of uh, agree with Scott. I, I, I don't use it a ton, uh, especially for my spell self specifically. Uh, it, I mean, I guess it's a good tool to kind of broadly get a gauge of value, but uh, we've mentioned this before. I mean, trade value does not always equal ADP value. Oh, yeah. So uh, that makes it difficult. I think more so the way I might look at it is especially, uh, again, what Scott said, like if you see a guy that's rising up, uh, and maybe you don't think he should be, that he's being overvalued. It gives you kind of a better perception of the market, kind of like a trade calculator and some some of the trade calculators right, do as well. Right. That's more how I would use it is to, not for me personally, like, oh, well, I'm going to value this guy over this guy because he's higher in ADP, but other people are valuing this guy way higher than I think they should be. The market, so let me, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So let me see if I can, if I can move him and, uh, and get somebody else I like as much or better back plus a plus or something like that. Yeah, same. I mean, that's really <laughs> what it comes down to. Uh, like when I saw Amon Ross St. Brown came in at wide receiver three, player four in the one QB mocks uh, in October, I was just like, okay, well, let me see if I can go get something for my two shares. Of course I couldn't. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's just those things where it's just like, oh, I feel differently than at least this six groups of people. You know, it's still a very small sample size comparatively and 
it's not something you'd be like, but hey, ADP said I'm right. <laughs> you know, like each league is its own market and it's all a little different. But I mean, Scott said it better. It was, you know, best. And it was the first thing he said, which like, it's just another tool to use for you to have an idea of, I guess, best case, like what the community is thinking, what like the greater consensus is closer to, to see how you feel about it. It's fun. That's what it's, it's just another fun thing. The next question is Toronto Dave at Toronto FF eight. I love that guy, by the way. Um, yeah. What's your favorite trade you've made? Does it necessarily have to be the one that worked out most favorably, but I did not copy the entire question. So, you know, you, you can tell he's Canadian because favorite has, yes, he, he has the correct. <laughs> we did not need the yeah. Toronto in his name. We can figure it out. Um, do you guys have a favorite trade that you've made that, you know, it probably didn't need to be the one that won you the league or anything like that. Is it like me? Clearly, like anytime I traded for Calvin Ridley T Higgins, doesn't matter how much I overpaid for it. I get that little special feeling every time I trade for them. So like, that's easily the question. The answer for me is just like, or in TA nine, even though neither of them are on my team anymore because I completely exploded that team, trading up in the startup draft to get the 101 and 103, I don't know why, just made me so happy because it's literally the opposite of everything everyone says you're supposed to do. So I'm like, take this. I'm going to get Mahomes and Kyler Murray and then trade them a couple of weeks later. And have that work out for you, Russ. Oh, I mean, I'm bad at, I'm bad at fantasy football. Don't listen to what I say. I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> All right, but what about you guys? Do you have anything that sticks in your head about something that was just felt like a good trade, regardless if it was something I, I, that I got one that popped into my head that it, it felt like a good trade at the time, and it feels like an amazing trade right now. Okay. Uh, back in, I think it was August. It might have been July, but it was during the summer. Uh, I traded Cam Akers straight up for Stefan Diggs. That'll do it. <laughs> and I loved it then because we know I was I was not a big Acres guy, and it just looks ridiculous now. Like that's just insane. Uh, and I also am in first place in that league, by the way. That that <laughs> helps. That helps. Yeah. Um, I, I'm gonna say just recently here with all of my Davis Mills shares that I had, my 13 Davis Mills shares that I turned to various players. Um, I was offered right before the season Saquon Barkley straight up for Davis Mills. And it, it's a it's a terrible team to have. And I just absolutely accepted it as fast as I could, oh, praying yeah. that he didn't jump in chat and say it was like a mistake or something. And um that that was only compounded in the fact that like within within like five minutes later, I got another offer of a first for Darnell Mooney because he heard me talking on junkies about how he absolutely sell Mooney for a first. And so he offered me the first. And now that first is the one Oh one by like a significant margin. <laughs> so I traded Mills and Mooney for Barkley and what's going to likely be the one Oh one. So that that's most recently my very favorite. And I did nothing to deserve that or do anything. Those were literally offered to me. All I did was to accept. First you realize all, you're supposed you to much. be convincing people you're good at this. So nope. that they sh- I refuse. First of all, that's insane. Like, at least there was a Cam Akers hype train, so that one makes a little sense. That I like Saquon Barkley for Davis Mills is insane. I, there's nothing. Yeah, there is nothing right about that. 
And and then second, I did think of another one I made this uh, in the summer as well, where I I trade and it was a team I was expecting to compete, but I did it anyway because I thought the value was too good. And this guy scared the hell out of me coming into the season. Where I, I think I mentioned it on here before, I traded uh, uh, Najee Harris for two two twenty three firsts, oh. uh, and then I turned one of those twenty three firsts, which was top three, into. Devontae Adams, Alvin Kamara, and another piece by adding a second to it. So uh, uh, Hopkins. Hopkins was the other piece. So, so apparently uh, the team is still competing. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm learning. Scott and I, we should just be Rocky listening to Rock Art. Sometimes. I, I'm, I'm saying the good ones years, here now. just learned. <laughs> See, I, that's what I do. I bring on people better than me so I can be a wise ass and then you know, people get actual advice from the co-host. I'm not bringing up all the horrible trades I've made in the meantime. Because you don't make them, so there's nothing to bring up. <laughs> the next question we got is, at Herms NFL, well, I'll still tell Ryan you said hi, because that's how he started it. Tell him I said hello, and then ask what the number one most often misunderstood strategy or principle of dynasty is. I'm going to go first, and I'm going to say we talked about it already. People here rebuild or blow it up or tank and they go too far and don't understand what it really means. You don't just trade everything away for whatever picks you can get. You don't trade away. You don't tank if you don't have your first. I'm sticking by that. You losing and giving someone else a better pick doesn't (laughs) help you. That helps someone else. Um, there's there's ways to go about it if you don't have your first, but it's not the same. Like it doesn't mean it can help you if you trade three guys for three firsts. Well, or more. Yeah, but then you're still <laughs> getting the two, three, and four, and you're not getting the one on one, and that's all that matters. You don't have to get the one on one. Rocky said it, you guys. That means it has to be true. No, like it. Rebuilding is a lot more complicated than sell old and sell points, get young and get picks. Because if you're just selling for picks, Rocky brought it up before. 101s have busted many, 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 many times. Top five picks have busted so many times. And I'm just going to keep bringing up like, what, 2016, where Zeke was great for a couple of years. And then nothing until like Michael Thomas at the, oh, and Derek Henry, but he even took a few years. Like some even good drafts have bad players in it. Sometimes you draft Jalen Rager before Justin Jefferson. Like, and sorry, Rock, that was meant more of a fantasy thing as opposed to a real life thing. <laughs> yeah, just rub it in, Russ. Thanks a lot. I saw you wince a little bit. I'm like, oh, my bad. I didn't really mean that, but it, it happened. That was involuntary. It's just, you know. Yeah. In the we, we have AJ I, Brown I and Devontae Smith. Now I'm over it. You're okay. <laughs> and But, like, speaking of, like, I wish I grabbed more Waddle instead of just taking Devonta Smith over Waddle every single time because I really like Devonta Smith. And, like, yeah, just trading for picks is not great process. Even if you are very good at uh, at building through the draft, like there should be more to it. Like it's, I think that's really my biggest answer. Is I've seen a lot of people just sell everything, sell it fast, and sell it sometimes cheap because the right deal isn't there, so they take what's in front of them and then they usually are rebuilding for four years instead of like one and a half, you know, like, I, like that to me, especially because of, you know, 
trade addicts and you know my realm of this community and game that's the first thing that came to my mind do you guys have anything good i I like what you said i mean i think that like i said i kind of uh alluded that earlier i i yeah you need to get good players i don't care if i have good players even if it means i'm not getting the one-on-one uh and I definitely have leagues like that where I have, uh, you know, a Jalen Waddle or, uh, you know, a CD Lamb or something, but the rest of my team is is not that great. And I, I want to keep those players or I, even if I have both of them and and the rest of my team sucks and I don't have enough to win, I, I don't care that I'm I'm not going to have the one on one. Uh, the other thing I would – it kind of goes along with what you said, but not exactly. Uh, when I saw this question, the thing I thought of was just – don't over people overvalue youth too much it's and it gets worse every single year it feels like since since i came into the dynasty twitter podcast space like five or so years ago it just seems like every year it's like pretty soon like if a receiver turns 25 they're going to be too old or something so uh i I just i i think people worry about that way too much uh there's got receivers i think it's been kind of statistically borne out their prime is, is sort of like 27 to 29 and and yet when guys turn 27 it's like oh my god he's getting old i have to get him off my roster mm-hmm. it's like it's, yeah, that's the thing to me is is i've said it a million times i'm not an ageist when it comes to dynasty and you yeah, sometimes it's going to work out and sometimes you're going to trade stefan Diggs because he went to to the bills you know what I mean? Like, so at 26 or 20. No, I don't know what that feels like. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I just think it's ridiculous. And like we're seeing now, like we were talking about Cooper Cup for a lot of this episode. He, he said it's the, the most amazing years of his career at 28 and 29. And yes, he got hurt. But I mean, he's been fantastic. Well, he also came in the league at 27. So well, that's true. Yes. But I just think it's so much like people worry too much about getting out a year too early or not even wanting to trade for these. Like if you look at the the, the scores right now, they're every like seventy percent of them are old, quote unquote. Like Derrick Henry, Austin Eckler, uh, Cooper Cup, DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams, uh, Tyreek Hill. Like guys, if you're if you're gonna you know the guys that are gonna help you win championships, a lot of them are gonna be old. So, quote unquote old, because uh, they're twenty eight or whatever. So, or twenty five year old running backs or whatever. So, uh, yeah, that that would be my thing. That's kind of always been my thing, and I, I, I I'm still sticking with it. Well, Russ isn't going to let me back on after this, but essentially, <laughs> it's it's you don't have to win every trade, and you don't have to have the prettiest roster. Like, the whole thing... All right. I was I, letting I, the first part slide, and then you, you <laughs> kept going. I'm like, no, no, you don't have to win every trade. I mean, it depends on what your goals are. Let's just say that way. Like, if you want to play like Russ and have the prettiest rosters, then that's that's great. But some of my messiest teams are, are also incredibly good rosters, and they're hopefully winning championships this year, and they certainly have in the past. So, um, you know, whatever... Whatever trades uh, now that are, you know, you think they're they're crazy or weird or lopsided or whatever, you just never know. And I mean, I I have the perfect example that we can look back on that absolutely blew up a league and people left over this trade. I traded the one ten, and I got back uh, Miles Gaskin, OBJ, and some other random guy that's not even in the NFL anymore. This was 
like in 20, like two seasons, like not even February of last year. Okay. And literally a guy who like never trades came in the chat, blew it up. He tried to get like Scott fish to come in and like veto the trade. This was a safe leagues and literally three people left the league. And now we look back and I think that pick ended up being like Jalen Waddle. So the guy who should be leaving the league should be me for basically trading Jalen Waddle for like Miles Gaskin and Sam Darnold and OBJ that essentially are irrelevant at this point. You don't know what is really a good trade. You don't know. And I don't know. We can, we can have our opinions. We can have our thoughts. We can have our processes, but we don't know. So just don't worry about it. Like just make your trade. We we do know that's what this show's about. (laughs) Just saying. No, it's about making trades, not about worrying about winning trades. And then judging them. <laughs> yeah, well, judging them, yeah. But I'm just messing with you, Scott. <laughs> hey, okay. I'm a junkie. I don't, all right? I don't no, I agree with you. We don't know. That happens on. all the time. That that just, you know, a trade that looks. I mean, it can be literally like two and a half, two, three months later. Like it's like, oh, like, like I just said about that Cam Akers dig trade. Like that wasn't. That that was not that bad in in July or August. Like oh, at a the lot time of, nobody would have been like yeah. oh veto right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And now it looks like insane. So it, so right. much can change so quick. No trade destroys a league. Just going to put it no. out there. No matter That's how right. bad you think it is. That's right. No, no trade destroys a league. Uh, okay, so we have okay. This is very very important. At Geronimo rambles, toilet paper, beards over the top. Or mullets around the back. First Only of all, one love right answer. the descriptions. Like it took me a second of reading this to figure out. Like beard, you know, goes down over the front. Mullets go down over the back. Like how, which direction your toilet paper goes? There's only one correct answer. It's beards yeah. over the front. I am going to be very disappointed in you, Rocky, if you get this wrong. I'm with Russ. The only <laughs> I will give yes. two people. Two types of people, not two specific people, because that would be. <laughs> I was like, "Ooh, which two? <laughs> Parents of toddlers and okay. cat owners. Okay, are the two people who are allowed to go over back? Because yes, cats and children will just sit there, yep, like laughing at it and <laughs> unwrap the entire thing. Like that, I'll make the exception. And while that's the way it's always been done, is literally the worst excuse to ever do anything ever. It helps my argument in this one because the original patent for the toilet paper roll shows it going over the top. <laughs> just saying. That's right. All right. And the last question we you, have. I, I was just going to say, I was glad you explained that, Russ, because I did not understand that question until you read it the way you just It really, did. like, honestly, it took me reading a few times. Like, oh, <laughs> I had to read it a couple <laughs> times, too, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I, I got it now. But yeah, I was like, oh, like, like I seriously had to do the hand thing. To... There you go. Uh, this one is very Ryan centric because he is a big Disney person. But Bob Krils- Bob Gilchrist FF wants to know uh, favorite ride at Disney. And now we, I know I was just going to say me, Ryan, and Bob all went to Disney within this within like a week of each other. At, Rocky, at I know you went to the deserts of Philadelphia recently. What was the best ride you hallucinated while you were there? <laughs> I, I don't even remember a specific ride that I loved that much. I can tell you, I like I like the ride. I can't think of a specific one that stuck yet. I can I remember there was a Star Wars one like this. I like the rides where you go in like one of those little cars, and it's like you're 
going it has something on the screen and it seems like you're like it's almost like 3d or whatever and you're actually in yeah that the car moves around and all that stuff but i can't think of a specific name of right but i I really like those kind of rides like at universal there was a back to the future ride like i'm old Mm -hmm. and haven't been there in a long time so it was there the last time i I think and i think we went on a a universal we went to universal when i was there and there was a spider-man ride like that that was really cool and the the, like spray stuff on you like there's water there's fire that comes up like when it's yeah the heat that they throw on you so i like those kind of more like immersive type rides are you a disney guy scott man i i am really sorry bob 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 knows that i love him uh and (laughs) Bob knows that I am really sorry that I'm not Ryan, and that I'm really sorry that I could not tell you one ride at Disney. So. <laughs> I just no went way. there, and I clearly couldn't even no name way. a specific ride. So. <laughs> yeah, okay. I mean, right. I haven't been there since before kids, and my oldest is nine, so it's been a while. So well, it's I, been 33 years for me. I was five. So all right, you win. You I win. Couldn't tell you anything. Well, after hearing that horrible, horrible thing of sorry, Bob of Scott hating. Bob and hating Disney and fun and joy. We are going to just end this show here and now, having nothing to do with the fact that that was the end of the show sheet. We are ending because no, of Scott it's just, and no other I'm reason. Out of disgust. But before we head out of here, Scott, again, remind everyone who you are, what you do, and where they can find what you do. On Twitter at Scott underscore Sidlow and find me Dynasty Junkies Thursday nights live on the DAP Network feed. 8.30 Central Time, the only time zone that matters. Thanks for having me, fellas. Appreciate it. I was going to go mute you, but then I realized you're done now. So <laughs> at all. Ugh. Well, patreon.com slash pod. You can see me mute Scott at the last second of this show. I mean, I didn't actually do it because I'm too lazy to actually move my arm to the mouse to do it. Um, but also there's the cool group me chat, the cool kids club, lots of fun. Um, you get to watch us record and jump in the chat, talk to us as we record and all that fun stuff. And ffpodshirts.storeenvy.com. We are hitting Scott Fishbowl playoffs, which means if you haven't bought your stuff, now's the time. And also it is almost holiday times, which means every penny that you spend towards FF Podshirts goes to Fantasy Cares, which goes to toys for tots and kids getting presents for the holidays. So get yourself some awesome stuff. Help us get kids awesome stuff for the holidays. Everybody gets awesome stuff. That's, that's, that's the dream. Awesome stuff for everybody. And on that note, I'm going to bed. So good night, everybody. Good night, Russ. Thank, Thank you, you for listening to the Great Addict Podcast. A member of the DLS family of podcasts. And a proud member Dynasty Addict Podcast Network. Please follow your hosts at Dynasty Haha and at Dynasty FF Addict. Please subscribe, rate, and review. We will catch you next time on the Trade Addict Podcast. Poopy Pan. That is the best. <laughs> See ya.